this is Richard Wilson speaking. Um, there's some people who know me as Victor Meldrew, but as far as I'm concerned, Victor Meldrew's dead. And thank you for downloading One Foot in the Podcast. I'm back. He's back. I'm back. I couldn't get the bottle out of the one I wanted. <laughs> bottle of Polish <laughs> sherry that Vic <laughs> had once. <laughs> I'm going to put some more light on for you. Is this, is this visual, going to be a visual one? It'll still be audio. You don't need to worry particularly about okay. um, studio, studio lighting. I mean, look at the state of my... Uh, conservatory yes you're, you're you're not as well dressed as i thought you'd be tom well I'm, i've just thought we're casual mates now so <laughs> <laughs> so um what have you been doing today well i had work so what is it i mean you've got three jobs though which job are you on main job today so i work for my local council i support yeah. people to find employment who who have disabilities can you, okay can and you get me a job I can be your agent if you're current. Oh, you've got a lovely agent. I will never take over. Um, <laughs> job two is it's like a learning support worker role. I, I just sort of do a bits and pieces. And job three, I deliver takeaways. I think that's an excellent three. It's a good mix. I, I, I keep the overtime to sort of just two or three evenings a week. It just helps supplement the old income. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. You've got a very nice microphone there. It looks okay, but it's it's not high end but it's good it enough for the, it's good enough for the podcast i think i mean i used to just use the little headphones on my uh old earphones and, and my my aud- the audio wasn't very good but it's, it's definitely All a bit right. better i just realized i can't drink too much because i've got desert island this oh, yeah well okay okay all right well i'll i'll um gonna start off with a couple of sh- shout outs i would i promised a couple people they really wanted to pass on a couple messages to you i like to hear shout outs yeah here we are back again this is the sequel this is richard wilson and me tom on one from the podcast good evening richard good evening tom how are you all good all good doing a zoom call this time around rather than a telephone call so you uh yes it's it's taken us a bit to get it going Bit of teamwork, because a bit of teamwork allowed us to get this call off the ground, because it nearly, it nearly didn't happen, but thankfully it did. And you've got your glass of wine, I've got a beer, and we're ready to go. Just a couple of shout-outs. So, a Sarah Larrison. Sarah Larrison, she says, I don't have a question for you, Richard, but I would like to take this chance to say something which is important for me to say to you. I want to say thank you to, uh, thank you to you for all the joy. I'll start that sentence again, Richard. Sorry. <laughs> I better put my specs on. I want to say thank you to you for all of the joy, happiness and laughter you have given me in my life through your work, particularly as Victor. I had a I had a bad time in a lot of ways when I was growing up and my childhood wasn't like other people's and um, one of only two sanctuaries I had then was locking myself away with a TV and losing myself in my favourite comedy programmes. It was an escape from what else was happening in my life at the time. And One Foot in the Grave was the show that gave me the greatest escapism of them, of them all, and the most laughs. For one glorious half hour, I felt human and normal. I laughed and cried happy tears as Victor's misfortunes and forgot all about the badness. And now 
as then I only associate the program with being truly happy. Oh, well, that's delightful. Thank you very much. Oh, I could thank her very much. She'll be listening to this. She'll be, she'll be thrilled. And another one, Rachel Abbott. So Rachel Abbott, this is all through Facebook, by the way. So she wanted to, you to know how much you helped her through panic attacks and mental health issues. And she often listens to one from the grave clips whilst commuting due to getting quite anxious. So that's lovely. Oh, good. And, well, I mean, um, I think that's one, one of the things that the programme uh, does for you. you uh, a lot of people write to you uh, and tell you how important they were, which is, is wonderful for a sitcom. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's definitely escapism is, if I said that correctly, is the word, I think, because we all comedy comfort blankets. It's not just about comfort eating, but comfort TV watching and yeah. one for the grave is one of them. I'd just like to say personal thanks to Ben Woolman and Dan Daniel Dawes. They kindly sent in some reviews um, for the podcast. Five stars. So thank you Five to you guys. Stars. Okay. And I've got a feeling they've got some questions for you later. Um, okay. And my dad, his name's Chris, he just says, just by listening to the episode that you did with me a few weeks ago, Richard, consequently it's meant that he's got an evening routine of watching one from the grave. And he just wanted to say he did enjoy your wonderful performance in uh, the Doctor Who episode of The Empty Child. He was, uh-huh. yes. he, um, he's very complimentary of that. And one other thing, my father-in-law-to-be, Richard, my good ladies. Another dick. A, a, another dick. He, he, he wanted to know, it wasn't a one from the grave related question, but you did the documentary Richard Wilson on the road um, a few years ago. He just wanted to know what was your favourite car or you, you, you'd driven. Do you, do you recall? Favourite uh, one? Well, well, I remember uh, I remember driving a Bentley when I was in Greenock, my hometown, and I, I took my sister out uh, for a drive and crashed the car. Oh. Um, so, and I was really enjoying the Bentley. So I think the man wasn't there. Well, it wasn't a serious crash, no. but... It, <laughs> a, a the, man, the man who owned it wasn't very pleased okay so the bentley you'd say was the the one you preferred to drive or was it just how you happened to you, you crashed that one well it was it was a very comfortable car um and uh and and i i must say uh best wishes to uh to chris uh your father and richard well, your fellow rich for the... fellow, fellow dick fellow dick. <laughs> two dicks right well, i got the first question is from a Someone I've become friends with on the podcast. It's named Simon from Sheffield, amongst others. And Darren is another one in particular. Nick, I could go through quite a few, but Simon asked, did you keep any props, costumes or souvenirs from your time on the show? And if if not, what would you have liked to have kept? Now, I've got a few things to remind you if you want me to go through them, but you might have something <laughs> in mind. I did. I remember I kept a couple of scripts for quite a long while, but I... And I've probably got them in this room I'm in at the moment, but where they are, I have no idea. But I remember keeping a, a script with photographs in it of the show. I don't think I, I don't think Victor owned anything that I would have wanted to keep. Not even he, he and I. He and I were very different. I spoke to Dor- the lovely Doreen Mantle, Mrs. Walpole. Uh, Doreen, did she, you give her my love? I passed it on, and she returned it, and. Her episode is going to be released on, well, Bank Holiday Monday coming up. But by the time this is out, that would have come and gone and people hopefully would have listened to it. But she she was really lovely, as I knew she would be. Yeah. But she said she's got one of the garden gnomes, the Christmas gnomes. <laughs> <laughs> and she, her son, she says her son was trying to get hold of the waxwork 
Remember Mrs. Warboys had a waxwork of herself. She won a competition and it was a Madame Two Swords wax. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. I but do. They can... Only because you only because you've told me of it. So, you're... so it's like it's like when you say have I got any items, I mean I can't I don't remember. No. I certainly I, I certainly don't remember. I remember uh, when I asked David Renwick uh, at the very beginning, I said, so what sort of hat should he wear, uh, David? And he said, well, the one you wear. And I was, I oh, was so you... really upset. <laughs> so you wear, bro, you previously have worn that sort of beret type cap. Yeah, the, that, okay. the big split. I, I wear, I wear, um, I wear baseball caps now because that tends to hide me a bit. You're very hip, Richard. Very hipster. <laughs> well, that, that's your answer then. So maybe a couple of scripts and unintentionally the hats is what you, you keep. But that's no, I, no, I had the hats anyway. Oh, fair enough, yeah. <laughs> but I never took one. I, I don't, someone stole a hat uh, from the set once. I don't know whether it was a fan who was... Definitely a fan. Definitely a fan. <laughs> okay, next question is from uh, Nikki. Again, a bit of a good rapport with Nikki. She, um, has been on, been on the podcast a couple of times. So she said, when you started filming, did you believe it would only appeal to people of a certain age? She started watching it at 21, um, for example, and loved it from day one. So, and she, so how old, are, how old are you now, Nikki? Well, I, she She's is not going to answer that. I, you might be able to work it out, but she looks good for her age because I've seen her on Zoom. That's and how old is she now? I think she's roughly, oh, she's going to love this, but she's, I think she's 50, but I can honestly say <laughs> looks about my age. Okay. Oh, well, but she, so she, she, did you think then, like, thinking back then, like she said, did you believe it only appealed to, because you were quite unsure about playing Victor to start with, weren't I you? I was, I was. I turned it down, as everyone knows in the world. Um, I was worried uh, I was worried that it was going to be older people who liked it. Mm. Um, and what older people didn't realize, that although it was older people didn't like it in a sense, because one foot in the grave, they thought we were talking about death. Mm. And we weren't. We were talking about the fact that he had such a bad time of it in the mm. world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was very pleased when it became quite a young person's joy, as, as young as you, Tom. Well, I was going to say, um, I can look at the statistics of people who listen to the podcast, and the average age is apparently 30 to 35. So they oh, would really? be, so in the 90s, they would have been, you know, barely teenagers. So. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay, so next one is from a Martin Wiley. Again, interacts with me a lot on Twitter, Facebook. What is your favourite scene from the series? Hello, Martin. Uh, my favourite scene. Well, I tell you, I tell you, the episode that was, was very favourite. Favourite in a way was the one on the motorway. Yeah, uh, that was. Uh, we did that in in the winter when it, we were pretending it was the summer. Uh, the Vauxhall motorway, and uh, it was freezing. I had a, a hot water bottle in my waist. The bit when Mrs. Warboys comes back into the car, I thought was one of the funniest things, because she had been to the toilet. 
<laughs> there was wonderful ideas like the the one that the 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 motor repair man had sent to Victor uh, how they hated and I, I I have to admit I enjoyed doing the one uh, where Victor was by himself I know that sounds really no. to my fellow actors but it was it was a great script and I remember the one in particular where he's doing the puzzle the crossword puzzle and he's sticking there <laughs> the <trip>. the, <laughs> so that's the trial the episode where you're waiting to be that's the one I was going to do in in Edinburgh when I had my heart attack yes I I recall um I had Richard Drew production designer um, he, well, he's art director for Series 4 one for, and he he helped to set up a lot of the sets during Series uh, 3. Oh, good. And he was res- he planted that yucca plant in the toilet downstairs, you know, oh, when yeah. <laughs> which I think is quite a big claim, really, from him. So that's, uh, that's, a, that's a very popular one. And, the, well, the thing about David Renwick's writing is it's, it's so good because lots of people have different favourites. When they tell you, uh, you know, when they, when you start talking to them and they say, mm. "Oh, I tell you my favorite thing," and of course they're all different. And the picking up of the dog is <laughs> was very popular. The puppy, yeah. Uh, but the the motorway one was very. I enjoyed that very much. But it was freezing cold. Yeah, because they had to take the, the front window screen out. I suppose to. Yeah, I had to take yeah. the front window screen out to film yeah. it, and we were all we had all these. All these, all these other cars driving by, and they were all extras. It was yeah. That answers that question quite clearly. So, yeah, Beast in the Cage, The Midway, and um, obviously The Trial, like you were saying, there's the one-man show element, that's good. Martin Putt, another Martin, he just says, and I know you've touched upon this, Martin, another Martin, could you please ask Richard Wilson how he came to play Victor Meldrew? Well, um... I came to play Victor Meldrew, hi Martin, uh, because David Renwick and I had worked together. You'll probably be able to tell me on the newspaper series. Oh, uh, Whoops Apocalypse? Uh, Whoops Apocalypse, was it? Uh, Where I pl- played played the other editor. There was two editors. And okay. uh, David had, David had uh, written that. I took over from another actor who was leaving. Was it, was it Hot Metal? Hot Metal. Sorry, what not Whoops Apocalypse. Totally wrong thing. My mistake. What, but is, what is Whoops Apocalypse, by the way? Oh, there was just something else he'd written at the... Yeah, so Andrew Marshall David Renwick had written Whoops Apocalypse. Oh, that was a film. Yeah, total, completely different to Hot Metal. Sorry. Um, yeah. Some fan I am, aren't I? But yeah, sorry, as you were saying. Yes, get, get it get it right, Tom. Uh, and print it, uh, print it out. Um, so... Um, David David knew me yeah. uh, in a sense, and he he wrote it with me in mind, which wasn't a great compliment. Thinking in that now, yeah, <laughs> play this old man sort of thing. Yeah, playing an old an old shouter. Um, I, I I was very grateful for it eventually. Yes, um, of course. But uh, yes, there was a. I I did turn it down at first because I thought <laughs> I thought I was too young and I thought I wasn't ready to play old men, which is stupid. 
because I uh, Victor was uh, 60, I think, in the first episode. About 60, but the thing yeah. is, like, 60, I don't know what I mean, what the attitude was like then as such being, at the time, I would have been about four or five when One Foot was released. <laughs> but I right now, probably because I'm now in my mid-30s, but 60 and old, 70 doesn't seem old, 80, you know, it doesn't seem, yeah. to me, it's sort of like only when you get into your later 90s does it start you know i know that sounds silly but yeah obviously you i know like... it is it, it's it's strange I, I mean i wish i could i wish i could play 55 now <laughs> i don't think i'd get away with it but you're only 61 aren't you richard so <laughs> age really well let's <laughs> so spit your wine out <laughs> i've got a birthday coming up it's a good month actually july isn't it july the 9th yeah i'm 10 days after you 85 i'll be 35 I think there you we, are. we'll uh, have a have a, a glass of uh, something to celebrate, maybe a yeah. Zoom celebration. Um, <laughs> I'm ready for the next question. If you if you are, yeah, okay. David Friend, he was been on the podcast, um, lovely chap, uh, aspiring writer as well, sort of um, on oh. the side. So he says immediately after the show finished, Richard starred in two other sitcoms, both in 2001, uh, Life as We Know It for the BBC and High Stakes for ITV. Was this the result of a desire to move away from Victor as soon as possible? And did he feel a pressure to follow up on his earlier sitcom success? No, it was just... Uh, the, the What was the second one called? Uh, High Stakes. High Stakes. That was about banking. And I, just, I, I was just keen to do it because uh, it was very different. And I, I quite liked the idea of playing a banker. And what was the other one called again? Life as we know it, BBC. Oh yes, 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 yes. I, I thought that was very different. Mm. I, I just did it because they were different, and because you know uh, there were jobs. Uh, yeah. yeah. And actors do uh, do things because they very often uh, actors don't want to do a the, the the part, but they. They think I better do it because nothing else might happen. That's a fair point. So uh, there was no great d desire, but I, I just liked the idea. And um, the, the banking one uh, had Jack Shepard in it, who is an old friend. Jack and I used to used to run a workshop uh, in London for actors. Yeah. Uh, so he he would uh, he would be in charge one week, and I'd be in charge the next week. When we were in charge you we so if he was in charge i'd take part in his workshop with the other actors yeah. and if i was in charge he would join in so i knew jack very well oh, that's lovely. Um, and that was nice that's a insightful answer now this next question is from a paul tanter now he he's a co-host of a podcast called talking bottom uh, bottom the sitcom Rick Mail, Aid Edmondson, and he says, "Sorry, I've got to ask this as someone who does a bottom podcast, Richard." But he says, <laughs> he, "He says One Foot in the Grave was part of a great period of, of BBC comedy that included the BBC Two sitcom Bottom, which, although more slapstick and often shared a streak of darkness with One Foot in the Grave, he wanted to know: Were you a fan of Bottom? Um, just remind me, what was Bottom? Uh, who who was in Bottom?" Rick Mail, Aid Edmondson, they were in the Young Ones. Yes, it was uh, a nineteen about ninety one to ninety five violent comedy. <laughs> um, yes, 
couple of yes weeks. i was a fan i remember it now yes i thought that was very unusual very very evil <laughs> and very nasty to each other yeah i mean they hit each other with frying pans <laughs> i mean i i don't know if i'd have been part of that yes i did enjoy bottom yes that's uh, good he'll be pleased to hear that great. They might yeah. be get. I would imagine they'll probably want you on the podcast to talk about <laughs> bottom. But you have to get. You have to start watching the the series now. This next question, Liam Deacon, did you enjoy working on Father Ted, and what were your memories of it? And he and he went on to say, would you say that your character was like you in real life? And do you get annoyed with hearing obviously the catchphrase? Showing that's Liam from Montage. So did you enjoy working on? Father Ted, the infamous uh, episode where... I did, I did. Hello, Liam. Um, they liked uh, One Foot in the Grave, and I liked them. I thought Father Ted was very funny. I, I used to enjoy it. So when they asked me if I would appear in uh, Father Ted, I said, of course I will. I never get worried when people shouted my catchphrase or anything like that, which was, uh, it was a very good idea, of it was course. Great. For, oh, for it's great. of them. Very memorable, yeah. that is. Very memorable, because uh, poor old Ted. <laughs> I know. He's absolutely duffed up, doesn't he, by your character, yeah. Was that, yeah. Did that take quite a few takes, sorry, to um, get the, the, the motion of beating up just perfect? Because you sort of took your cap off and walloped him around the face and put him in the headlock. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I think people might presume you would get annoyed with the catchphrase being shouted at you, but... You, you can't really be blamed for getting annoyed if they're just doing it in your face at, you know, at random points of the day. Well, I mean, it, it did. It, it was the only time it gets really annoying when there's a drunk person. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a different. Because they, they sometimes don't let you go. Mm. And, uh, I mean, if, if, if people say it now, and as people still say it, I just wave at them and smile. I'm um, sure that makes their day. I'm sure that makes oh, their God. day. A friend of the family has asked this question. Mike Gorton from Manchester, supporter of Manchester United. Um, ah, yeah, big game tomorrow. You, you, big game tomorrow. Yeah, he just says, "What is your favourite sitcom or sitcom character? Favourite sitcom or your favourite sitcom character, or both?" Well, I was very, I was very fond of uh, Yes Minister. Oh yes, yeah, that and was Yes Prime Minister. Yeah, I thought I thought they they had some really complicated lines to say and in terms of uh, comedy, uh, but I thought I thought they all worked together very very cleverly. I suppose the first the first comedy I really liked I suppose was The Goons, mm. uh, but that probably is not remembered so much now. Well, let me tell you, Richard, um, Tyler, I'll give him Tyler a shout out here. Tyler has been on the podcast. He reviewed Wisdom of the Witch. Lovely chap. And he is piloting. And again, by the time this podcast goes out, he might have released it. He, he wanted to start a podcast and he want, he's doing the, the goons. Oh, the good. goon show. So he wants that sort of spoken about a bit more. So, so um, hopefully, maybe, maybe you'll be one of his first listeners. Who knows? But um, <laughs> yeah. That, that's going back to the fifties, isn't it? That's going back to the fifties, yeah. But that was—I was very—that was very popular. Um, and then, I suppose the important thing is, if you ask me who my favourite comic actors were, 
I would go right back to Laurel and Hardy. Oh, right, okay. And I, I still look at some by accident. I still look at some Laurel and Hardy, and I still laugh. When I grew up, I, I wasn't very... I wasn't very fond of um, who's a very famous uh, mustache. I know, I know you're thinking. Um, b- 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 Boa hat. Um, Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin. I didn't Chaplin. like Charlie Chaplin. I preferred, <laughs> forgotten his name now, <laughs> the other one. Uh, one more comic where he, uh, the whole building fall down on top of him and he was standing in the doorway. Who was that? I'm put on the spot uh, myself. Too, too, too far back. It'll come back. But um, did, did you ever like Tony Hancock? Hancock's Half Hour? I did. I, was, I, I wouldn't say I was crazy about it. That's a little um, little mention for my brother, James. He started a podcast with the Tony Hancock Appreciation Society called Very Nearly an Arm for Podcast. So download them now. All right. Well, ready for the next question from... This is Ben Woolman. Ben. Yeah. So- Hi, Richard. I'm a big fan of One Foot in the Grave. It's one of my favourite sitcoms, and he also enjoyed your reprisal performance at the Sheffield Crucible in 2015. Uh-huh. Lucky Ben, I say. But he says you, pre- <laughs> you previously acted in a, a few sitcoms before One Foot. I in, did. Including notably an episode of Some Mothers Do Avon, where you start sinking into the oh. sofa, nearly corpse, and burst into oh, laughter. Yeah. <laughs> with um, with Michael Crawford, of course, and yeah. Michelle Dutrice. Hi, Ben. We just wanted to know, were there any mistakes or outtakes while filming One Foot in the Grave that made you and the cast laugh, like, in particular? Well, I have said hello, Ben. Hi. Um, we used to do a lot of our laughing uh, at the read-through yeah. because we were all coming together. But once we got rehearsing, we, we laughed sort so thinned. And we usually, uh, sometimes, sometimes we would make mistakes. Yeah. Uh, which uh, we did find funny. And, and if you made a real boo-boo, uh, we'd have to stop and we'd all giggle. The, the thing about the, the Michael Crawford thing yeah. was that we were, the, the sofa thing was, was planned. Yeah. Uh, and then they decided they weren't going to use it. And I said, oh, that's a pity, but that's, a, that's okay. But then they decided to use it without telling me. Oh. And Michael Crawford in particular uh, thought it was hugely funny. <laughs> and so they were all, they were all laughing uh, and yeah. uh, making a fool of me. And, <laughs> Uh, they they kept it in, which is very unusual. Usually, laughter things they take out, but that was kept in. Doreen said she remembers the episode in Starbound, One Foot in the Grave, with the nippy, the dog, the stuffed dog. She wasn't shown the actual prop, you know, the stuffed dog. So she took it out of the basket, and it was sort of had its paw in the air, and she couldn't place it upright it kept falling over and she she recalled the she was laughing corpsing and the audience were in hysterics so they, she couldn't quite place it upright and um that was one particular memory she had of, of um hilarity on set yeah i don't remember that got the next question if you're ready yes 
So Christopher Mooney, again, another guest I've had on the podcast. He said, Hello, Christopher. One Foot has had so many great one-timers appearing from Rod Hud to Eric Idle. Sorry, yeah. not Rod Hud. Roy Hud to Eric Idle. Who was your favourite to work with and who seemed just to really, in your view, oh. pull it off exceptionally well? Well, of course, my favourite to work with, I'd have to say, was a company. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they'd never forgive me. Um, I think the I think the important thing about uh, one foot was it was a very good company. Yeah, you know, yeah, Annette and and uh, Angus and, and Angus and, and, yeah. and, and of course Doreen. Yeah, uh, and Janine Davisky, who yeah. I I knew very well, and she was great. But those one off <sighs> those one off characters, there, there were quite a few. We we also had the great uh, in 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 uh, Portugal. We had Peter Cook. Uh, <laughs> Who was he was quite quite something to deal with, but very funny. He called you your character Superman's granddad because you were dressed all in blue with your red jumper, like sort of position like a cape. Well, that was a great line, and that was one of the few times I think that Vic, <laughs> that that Victor had someone rant at him more so. And yeah, yeah, because you were yeah. sort of your character. Yeah, Victor was on the the telephone to customer services, I think, about a broken shoe he bought a pair of shoes and the soles have come away and he was demanding to speak to a manager of course peter cook's character martin trout was his name in the in the algarve episode oh, was it yeah give you not give you a right speaking to we could say yeah. peter, we could say peter cook maybe was up there for you yeah he was he was great fun to work with i mean as your members will know because i had this heart attack i forget who was who and it's only when you men I mean you mentioned titles. I don't remember titles. I remember episodes, episode six and the six yeah. and the four series and things like that. It's not to beat yourself up because I think I've spoken to other actors on Only Force yeah. and Horse Park. We've had a, f- a few of the actors on and they don't necessarily remember the episode names. Or no. I think it's just a job to actors and actresses, isn't it? So yeah. fans yeah. will fans will just recall episodes and scenes because that's what fans do they watch it over and over again whereas if you're starring in it you're not necessarily going to dwell on that for the next 20 years are you so it's, it's going to be easily forgotten in many ways you'll you, you know it's only when people like me might give you a reminder and you might it might come back yes. to you so yeah. yeah not to be hard on yourself richard that's all i suppose what i'm saying <laughs> like, thank you very much <laughs> I, I, I'll try not to be hard in myself. Please, please don't not on the podcast. You know, it's, it's <laughs> relax up there. Um, Brendan Hayden, he says. So Brendan says, would you ever do a One Foot in the Grave as an audio drama? Um, I know we, in, we, that you you did a radio series. Though. We did, we did a radio. Uh, I think we did four, didn't we, or something? You did. So you did the very first episode, series one, Alive and Buried. You did Timeless Time. That's the episode where you and Annette are in bed the whole episode and you stick your foot in a rotten hedgehog. Um, oh, yes. In Luton Airport, no one can hear you scream. That's the episode where your house has been demolished. Yeah. And, of course, the beast in the cage, which is the the, the motorway one. Um, yeah. But if David Renwick was to ring you tomorrow and said, look, Richard, I'm going to do a, a radio, one foot in the grave radio play, uh, you and Annette, maybe Doreen, just like a one-off, would you... Whether it was a new material or he re- rewritten an old episode, would you be interested for old time's sake? Just to, just as a radio episode, I'd be interested for old time's sake. But um, 
I don't think they would do that. Or maybe you could direct it. I don't know. Oh, no, I, I think directing is, is getting too much. I, I don't I do not do theatre anymore because no. it's too, eight shows a week is too difficult. Completely different ball game, I suppose, directing a theatre stage play versus appearing in a TV episode. Yeah, yeah I haven't directed for a while now. I, 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 the, when One Foot was being made, I was directing theatre and going back to acting. Yeah. And it, and it was very helpful because the good thing about sitcoms are they're quite quick. So that gives you more time to direct a play. Or yeah, yeah, that's very true. But I was quite keen on, on keeping both going, acting and directing. Yeah, see, so you've sort of done this both side by side for many years. Yeah. yeah. And of course, uh, David Renwick, he, he was directing his television plays eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch Love Soup? Yeah, I, I watched a bit of Love Soup. I, th- I thought it was fine. Now, uh, I got to say that because I, I speak to him every now and again. <laughs> now, um, this next one is from Mats Rubenheimer. R- Rubenheimer. Rubenheimer from South Africa. He's from Cape so Town. South Africa. Ah. Yeah. He's a. Hello, Matt. He's a filmmaker. He's been on the podcast a few times. Lovely chap. Now, here's, here's a bit of a tongue-in-cheek question, he says. Now, he knows you're a Manchester United fan. Yes. But, of course, Victor, if you recall, he was um, an Arsenal fan. He went to see Arsenal play at Wembley. The episode with Barbara Windsor, Affair of the Hol- Hollow Lady. We don't actually see Victor at Wembley or anything. But you, you, in the story, you, you've gone to, you've missed out on watching Arsenal because of a, a late train or you, you missed a train or something. But he just wants to know, did David Renwick decide to make Victor a, an Arsenal fan, a gooner, because it was <laughs> Victor's characteristic has always been disgruntled and having lots to complain about? Um, I, I'm afraid I can't answer that. I don't remember. But I, what I do remember is that when I, we started filming One Food, I, I realised that uh, Angus... Deaton was a, a Manchester United supporter. Yeah, he's a big fan, isn't he? Yeah. And not only was not only that, but he had he had a a friendly director who used to invite him up to watch the matches. Yeah. So I used to I used to join Angus and was up. We used to sit in the. We used to go for lunch. Up, up in the all. up in the box, didn't you? I think up in the box with yeah. the director. Uh, yeah, and we used to sit right in the centre of the pitch. That's amazing. Yeah. I was going to meet Angus tomorrow night, by the way, to watch the Manchester United game because I'm doing this and Thailand this. I, I think I was, I'm going to is that any so what is that recording sort of going into the evening? You're not gonna they're not gonna make you miss the game, are they? Uh, no, I won't miss the game. No, uh, um it wouldn't go into the evening, but I'll go on all afternoon and oh. I, I, it's, too, it's too much for an old chap I guarantee you they won't treat you as well at Desert Island Disc as one from the podcast does I guarantee <laughs> it <laughs> I'm sure that's true I'm sure they're more professional but um, <laughs> nevertheless I think Renwick's probably an Arsenal fan perhaps I don't know I think I think I might have heard read that somewhere could be wrong um, I don't know I remember I did ask did ask David Renwick uh, if if uh, uh, Victor could play golf. Oh yeah, and yeah. he said uh, no, just like that. Uh, no, 
I said, why not? He said, I don't know anything about golf. And I was learning golf at the time. I thought, Victor playing golf. I do remember, <laughs> I, I do remember you mentioning that now. Yeah, yeah, I can uh, say. There's been a lot of jokes there, but no, he wouldn't <laughs> have it. He cool. wouldn't have it. Michael Tattersall. Tattersall. Michael Tattersall. Michael. Tattersall. Michael Tattersall. Hello, Michael. When you look back at the show, is there a moment or episode you are most proud of and why? And he goes on to say, what lessons can a modern audience learn from Victor? That's difficult. Of course, I'm proud. I'm proud of the one where I was just by myself uh, because that was the trial. Yeah, great great piece of writing. Um, But I. I don't want to say that too often because of my fellow actors might be listening to this sometime. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I was just very pleased that the, the programme became very popular because Susie Belbin, the producer, was always telling us that when we started off, we're not getting great audiences. She kept saying, just you wait, just you wait. Yeah. And of course, by the third series, she was right because it it just did take off, and that was that was wonderful and very heartening. And mm. yeah, uh, and and I I became I became a sort of quite a well known actor because of that. Um, yeah, so that was that was good, and I and I loved doing the show, um, uh, but. I also, when uh, when David said he was going to kill Victor, I was also quite pleased mm. because I felt I'd been playing the angry old man a bit too long. Probably about the right length of time. It was the entire length of the 90s, you know, so it, it's quite fitting. 1990 to 2000, with that little comic relief comeback in 2001, visiting Uncle Dick. You're a ghost, basically, and Margaret doesn't. You don't realise you're a ghost. I think it's a homage to the Sixth Sense. I'm sure. I think it is. But, right. Um, what episode was that? What was that? It was a short comic relief um, episode in 2001. Victor and Margaret are visiting Uncle Dick, who's looks like he's in a coma of sorts, and Victor's just ranting to himself. Who was playing? Who was playing Uncle Dick? That might give me a clue. Oh, that was was it Eric Sykes? Um, uh, might have been. I, see, you think I'm this expert fan? I need to check my facts here. I think <laughs> that, I think it was Eric's. Not Eric's. Not Eric Sykes. Was it Eric Sykes? Not Eric Sykes. Yes, oh. it was. It was Eric Sykes. I was right. It was it? Thank God for that. <laughs> Eric Sykes. <laughs> he was obviously completely mute, but um, Vic, it was just a, a, a five minute sketch. All right. Uh, anyway, I don't know where we were at then. I, I've completely um. You've lost, lost your thread. place. Lost me thread. It might bring me on to Simon from North Wales. Um, hi, Richard. Bill, you've had, a hi, br- Simon. you've had a brilliant career. So many roles, not least in Hot Metal, One Foot, and touring the UK in the car. All fabulous shows. You are so true to yourself in all aspects of life. He just says, is there anything you would like to achieve that you haven't already in the many decades to come, he says, and, and he hopes you are. <laughs> he, he says he, he hopes you are content at the moment. I hope you are because you're on the podcast and that you are more loved by your fans than you will ever realize. I second that. Yes, well, that is very nice uh, to hear. Um, no, I think I'm getting too old to uh, 
to have any desires left. Um, I, 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 do, I do more radio, I do a radio program called Believe It, uh, which Clyde Brill produces, which is, um, is quite good fun. And mm. I have a lot of my chums in it. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I still want to work. I'm, I'm not sure I want to direct much anymore. Mm. I think I'm getting a bit too old for that. You're just getting into the podcasting game now, aren't you? I am. I am. Uh, there's many, 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 I realise, many, 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 many more podcasts than I realise. Oh, I mean, there's thousands and thousands. Um, <laughs> so how long has this one been going? Um, since I started from the very beginning. Yeah. February 2020. So only 15 months. But you're also talking about it finishing soon. Well, I got Series 6 left. And the comic relief special. So seven episodes, technically. You've done, you've done them all. I've done all the previous five series. I I've, I said to myself, I probably would do subsequent episodes, maybe focusing on character-specific moments or, or or whatnot. But um, I'll try and milk it. I mean, if I can get some of the guests, <laughs> if I can get if if I can get Annette, Angus, Janine, Owen, I could probably get you Angus. And, 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 and maybe and maybe um, Owen Brennan, he might do it. I think the dream would be, because you're saying Annette is a bit hard of hearing, but if she was sat next to you there, I could do a double interview. Richard, yeah. Annette, that might make the front news as far as I'm concerned, but there you go. We might, we might start fighting. <laughs> yeah, they would love that. <laughs> Peter Brown, he says, for the amazing... Hello, leg- Peter. For the amazing legend that is Richard Wilson... Has any, anything in One Foot in the Grave ever happened to you in real life? Or do you ever find yourself using the catchphrase, up accidentally, of course, anything in, you can recall? I've got some highlights I could give you, but I don't know if they would have happened. <laughs> well, I do find myself uh, saying I, I, I don't believe it in public every now and again. And I think, oh, and put my hand in my mouth and say, I should have said that. Yeah, uh, because I'm always afraid that people are going to say, "Oh, listen to him." Uh, so I don't, I don't do that very often. No. What was his question? So he said, "Again, this is gonna, this is the whole thing about re- recalling what's happening, you know, over 20 years ago, which only <laughs> only fans are really gonna know." But he, and it's not, you know, it's a it's a valid question all the same. He just says, "Is anything that's happened to you in real life that would have happened to Victor?" So, if I, I mean, I suppose the likes of, hopefully not this, but getting beaten up for standing up for your rights, because obviously, in a couple of episodes, Victor did get a bit of a, a pasting, didn't he? Um, yeah. or anything to do with dead animals, lots of dead animals. You know, <laughs> any well, I, I, I'm an animal lover, so um, I certainly hmm. wouldn't kill any any old old animals or. Um, um, or maybe anything were your car any cars broken into or pinched and taken to Finland um, I, can, I, I don't know I, I can remember sitting filming one night a whole, we did a whole night and Annette and I were sitting in the back of the car there was a huge crowd this is 2 o'clock in the morning there was a huge crowd and I said Look at these people. What are they? What are they doing here? Nothing's going to happen. And someone slammed the door on my fingers. Oh my god! And I went 
crazy. <laughs> so I was absolutely wrong about that. So something oh, did happen. Jeez. Uh, I don't know if it, I can't remember if we get into the papers. Uh, no. but we, we, you know, we used to do a lot of night shooting. Mm, yeah. Uh, for for the the darkness. Yes. Uh, no, I don't think I've got an answer to that question. That's, that's okay. You know, James Benjamin says similar. Sort of, he, he said, loving the podcast. Thanks, James. Here's my question. Thanks, James. Thank the, you, James. <laughs> here's my question for the great man. Oh. Um, oh, Obviously, you stopped playing the character over 20 years ago, but do you ever get moments of exasperation in your life and wonder how Victor would have reacted in that situation? Has the character left a mark on you? I don't know if it left a mark, but I I get um, I get very angry in in in, in Regent's Park where I, I live nearby because I go in there almost every day and it's full of cyclists who are not supposed to cycle in the park. I did once say to a young chap on a bike, "You are not supposed to cycle here." I was talking particularly about the bridge into the park. Mm. And, and he said, shut up, you old mm. And so, so I thought... Beep. Uh, I'll beat that one out. Beep. <laughs> what a nasty... I, th- I thought I, you might. That, um, oh, that is, well, that's just... Well, I don't want to so say I that. I get very angry with uh, people. It, say, it says no cycling in the park. Mm. And, of course, the thing about... I can't hear them coming. Uh, yeah. Because they're just yeah. cycling along, right? And I, I get worried that they're going to hit me. Um, mm. So I, I do get, I do get very victorish. It's quite brave to do, yeah. Like I think, yeah, we all, a lot of us haven't really got the nerve to stand up for what's right. But you did. That's the, that's the point. I'm, so you, not, I'm not going to do it again. It's not. <laughs> it's, it's probably not worth it. But we know Victor would have, certainly would have had something to say. I would quite like to see. Um, more police in it part but they say that they because it's the royal park regions park they don't want to cause too much trouble yeah yeah perhaps perhaps i think victor would have let out an amazing you bastard because the the way you say you bastard and feel free to say it um (laughs) you bastard that would have um well he might have um invoked another reaction but yeah Anyway, nevertheless, we're nearly finished, to be fair. Oh, you'd be, really? You'd be pleased. That's, that's, I'm pleased. Not <laughs> only because I'm quite hungry. Have you not had your tea? I haven't had my dinner, no. Oh, my grief. Okay, be, I don't but, have my dinner. I don't have my dinner until nine-ish, anyway. Blimey, having a little one, we're, we're, we're eating by about <laughs> half five, six. So it's, it's, it's a few years to get used to that. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Dawes, who I gave a, a shout-out previously, he's basically saying that, he he feels like he and I'm paraphrasing his. It's not really. It's more of a statement that he often gets told off by his by his wife for piping up in public to things that aren't right. I think. Yeah. I think he's getting that. Maybe do you sort of do that? But you've you've answered that. And the thing about that is that the number of people, uh, taxi drivers, for example, often say, "My like my wife loves your show. She's wonderful." Yeah, uh, she thinks you're wonderful, uh, but I never, I never say to them, but you don't, because it's quite clear that they don't. <laughs> so there's quite a lot. I get quite a lot of that. Yeah. People who, and I get quite a lot of people, uh, young people, 
telling me that uh, their boyfriend, who is only 22 or something, is very like Victor. I think, oh my God, good devil. Well, I, I, I think it's a good thing to be like Victor personally, but it might get you beaten up. <laughs> Now I think we've got a final question, Richard, because oh, you've you've earned. I mean, I know I don't mean that. He doesn't mean that, everybody. He definitely liked this podcast. You might even come on again. No, now John Clark. My question is: When you first read the script for Victor, did you instantly get into it and find it easy to get into character? Uh, hi, John. Um, I suppose no, because uh, I turned it down, didn't I? I've, I've admitted that. You've admitted that. I suppose once, once the ball got rolling, did you sort of go, ah, I know exactly how to play this? Or obviously you had a lot of direction from Susie and David. I had a, a lot of direction from Susie and from David. Mm. David used to... So what we, what the system was, was that we would, we would do all the filming in uh, Christchurch yeah. uh, uh, for three weeks. Yeah. All, all the filming bits from six episodes. Yeah, and then when we did the the episodes in London, yeah, we would uh, do episode one, for example, and we would put the filming in to where it should be, roughly, so the audience got an idea of what the the story was. Right. So they would see some of the filming, which hadn't been edited yet. Right. Um, well, the thing I wanted to say was that David Renwick, he used to come to the read-through. We, we recorded on a Sunday, yeah. always. So I had Monday off, and on the Tuesday, we had a read-through in the studio, which David always came to, and might do a bit of rewriting. And then he would leave us to it, but he always came to the Sunday studio days, so we 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 would get to do a, a a dress rehearsal on the Saturday in the rehearsal studio, and then we'd go into the studio on the Sunday, which was all day, and then a, a recording at night. And David was always David was always coming to the Sunday thing and making new notes and new notes and. And I used to say to him, look, you know, I, I don't know if I can deal with this. You know, you keep giving me notes. And oh. uh, by the time I get to the evening, I'm exhausted. <laughs> so it was always quite difficult. But, yeah. you know, in, in America, for example, a lot of sitcoms, they record the show with the audience. And then the next day, they do another show with another script of the same show. Okay. So I suppose we were let off quite lightly. Yeah, fans love hearing about the studio recording element. I've always wanted to see a studio recording of a of a sitcom. I came very close to Lee Max not going out. Um, oh, right. And uh, we we got to London very early that day, and we had our ticket, went round the sites, joined the queue. And one of the stewards came out and, uh, up to where about, up to where about we were in the queue, sort of halfway in, and said, "I'm afraid from you guys onwards, you can't come in because we've reached full capacity." We travel from the West Country, <laughs> so we didn't realise it was first come first serve. We we just thought, "Here's our ticket." We can yeah, go. but um, yeah, yeah, never mind. Yeah. 
Well, I, that concludes the Q&A, Richard. Um, you've been... Well, that's very kind. Fantastic, giving up your time. I, I, it's only predator night, so I can get my din-dins now. Yeah. Now, people begin at, thinking at home, Tom, you're cruel keeping Richard from his dinner. But Richard has said <laughs> he doesn't eat till nine, so hopefully he's still on time for it. Well, it's very nice uh, having a lot of your members uh, listening to this um, when, oh. when it happens. Yeah, they 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 adore one foot. You probably know they're still very much adored, and hopefully, uh, I can find an excuse to bring you on again in the future. Okay. Maybe maybe if Angus visits you and he wants to come on, I don't know with you. However, you, you want to play. It. You never know. We could we could manage it. But enjoy the football tomorrow. Have you got a prediction for the score? I'm hoping that we we could win this. Mm. We, it's wonderful that United have come second uh, in the league. That was very exciting. Yeah, but it's um, even better to win it if we can one. You know, first yes, time since absolutely. Sir Alex. But um, absolutely, we'll we'll yes. know we'll know the result once the uh, this podcast is out. So yeah. hopefully we've won. United, come on, United. On my Twitter, um, the one foot in the podcast Twitter is at the minute it's got, and I'll show you, it's got you in character. Do you remember when you're listening to Monty Python in uh, where Mrs. Warboys is speaking of all the bad things that's happened to her and you're laughing uh, at the moment? Oh, yes, yes, yes. So that, can you see that? <laughs> yes. So yes. this is, that's the Twitter page. So when when do you when do you tweet? Oh, probably most days, just to try and oh really entice the listener in. And I mean, <laughs> I think the the biggest reaction, quite obvious to say this, is when you agreed to come on. It was like boom, and um, yeah, it blew up. So it's thanks to you that the podcast is. My, well, I'm, my pleasure to to be here. So Richard, thank you for, for your time, and um, it's been. A pleasure to speak to you once again, answering all these questions and rolling back the years with these anecdotes. And it's, it's been a, a privilege to have you on. Well, thank you, Tom, and thank you for asking. Uh, and it's been um, great. You're welcome back on any time, but you, you're probably one foot in the grave out now. So we, <laughs> whether whether I can have you on again with Annette or Annette or Angus is a remains an ambition uh, and a goal, but. It sometimes is. A, well, if you can get Annette on, uh, tell her I'll come with her. Well, I don't know if she'll respond to me, to Bonsu Richard. At, at, at the minute, it's like you're my agent for the podcast. You're, <laughs> you know, whether it's David, Annette, whoever. But um, no, it, honestly, it's been lovely to speak to you and uh, enjoy. And if, if listeners back home, please review this episode. I'm sure Richard would like to know your thoughts. I that. would. I yeah. would. Richard, who I call Ian now, because that's the sort of uh, that's the sort of bond we've got now. I don't know if I call you Ian or Richard. All right, Richard, thank you very much. Take care. Okay, Tom. Thanks a lot. Okay. Bye bye. I give my best to Margot. She was disappointed not to have seen you, but um, I can replay this back to her. She'll love it. Right. I'll see her next time. Yes. Cheers, Richard. Bye. Cheers. Bye. I want to